What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV, and you can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.fm. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a really popular topic, particularly among uh, WordPress developers, agencies, and freelancers, and that is what it takes to grow a plugin business from zero, very specifically here, from zero to 25000 in monthly recurring revenue, or MRR. And joining us for that conversation today is Mr. Adrian Toby. Adrian, welcome to Press This. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Glad to have you here. For those listening, what Adrian's going to talk about today uh, is his experience as uh, running and be, uh, being part of the popular CRM and marketing automation plugin Groundhog. That's with two G's if you're following at home. And Adrian's going to talk about his strategies for pricing, retention, lead generation, and controlling cost all within the context of a plugin business. Adrian, to kick us off, first question I ask every guest, I'll also ask you. What is your WordPress origin story? When was the first time you used WordPress? So my, I, I essentially grew up in digital marketing, marketing automation. Uh, it's the family business as it happens. So when I was young, uh, I'm currently 23 years old. And when I was around 14, in, in between 13 and 14 years old, my dad ran a digital marketing training organization here in Canada and in the United States. What we would do is we would essentially travel to conference and boardrooms in hotels around the country, and we would fill the room with 30 to 60 people, and we would train search engine optimization tactics. Uh, this was a feasible business model 
at the time because uh, it was much easier to rank on Google than it is today. Just, you know, get a couple backlinks, some domain authority, some uh, some user experience optimizations on the website, and you were pretty much good to go. It's obviously a lot more complex than that uh, today. But that's essentially where I started is we would go around and my dad would train and I'd sit in the back of the room and I would hand out order forms and collect workbooks and run the microphone around the room to people who had questions. Did you you get involved with WordPress as part of these activities? Was that like your first experience with WordPress? Yes. So eventually the conversation bled to, well, how do you actually implement all of these tactics that they were learning? It was like, well, you use WordPress and you install Yoast or you install any of the other search engine optimization plugins. And uh, I would end up doing like the tech support for people in the room who couldn't figure out how to do that. So I'd log into their WordPress site and I'd go in and install these plugins. Uh, And then inevitably it became uh, unfeasible to train these people. Uh, because it just got too complex. So that's when a digital marketing agency kind of rose from uh, the the training business and it turned into a full done for you agency. I ended up working full time with my with my family in that agency while doing university part time. I would build websites, do all the design. I would implement marketing automation systems with tools like Infusionsoft and Active Campaign. Uh, and that was kind of like my day to day from 2015 till 2018, where I eventually left that to start my WordPress plugin company. So you ultimately kind of went beyond that kind of training and learning WordPress into kind of more of an agency type role there in the family business. Love the family business connection. Uh, You found a groundhog. I want to talk to you about the strategies around groundhog, but if you could just real briefly tell us about groundhog, that'd be helpful. So groundhog is a WordPress plugin that you install on your site and it includes CRM and marketing automation features that you would find with Infusionsoft, ActiveCampaign, HubSpot, except it is entirely self-hosted on your WordPress website. There's no software as a service component, which uh, means that you own all of your data. You have full control over everything. There's uh, no censorship that happens or anything like that. So you, it just gives businesses the ability to have more control over their marketing systems and processes versus having to go to a software as a service and also allows for much easier integration with all of your favorite WordPress tools. So, you know, it's a lot easier to integrate Groundhog with something like Lifter LMS than it would be if you were trying to integrate Lifter LMS with something like Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign. So you talk about here as we, we think about like the topic at hand, which is, you know, growing a business like a groundhog. I think it's really interesting to hear about you kind of connecting the marketing automation focus of the plugin back to the challenges you were having in educating. I know a lot of folks have landed in similar places when creating their products. And I'm sure there's people that run freelance and agency businesses today that are thinking, geez, if I just had a tool that could do this thing, it would make my job so much easier. And maybe other people might like that. Um, but, but, you know, as people think about that and they think about building a healthy business, they'll often think about monthly or annually recurring uh, fees for that. And you, you kind of talk about your journey of, of going from kind of zero to 25K and I'm guessing beyond an MRR. Um, but, but was that your goal at the beginning? Did you say, look, I, I really want to drive monthly recurring revenue and 25,000 is, is kind of my, my target for the first phase. Uh, was, that, was that something you walked into knowing? Did you figure that out along the way? <laughs> no, it was not. It is uh, the the concept of of monthly recurring revenue is is something that uh, I developed over time. Originally, when when I started 
groundhog. It was to solve a lot of problems for, for the agency market specifically. Uh, things like being able to just templatize all of your strategies and making all of the data and information portable because one of the problems that agencies have is they have to reset up everything in all of the different softwares every time they have a new client. We wanted to eliminate that to some point. So I wanted to be able originally to just give it and get it in the hands of as many people as possible. Uh, it, was, it was more about volume than, than, let's say, not necessarily quality, but it was, it was about making money on volume instead of making money like with premium pricing for me in the beginning, because I thought that's what would make it work because, you know, because it's a self-hosted product, our costs are not the same as let's say a large software as a service organization. So in the beginning, you know, I made it like dirt cheap. <laughs> And incredibly inexpensive, and it is a freemium. Our our model is freemium, so we have a free version on the WordPress.org repository. Uh, and I just packed so much value into the free version, and basically made zero attempt to get anybody to buy anything, which is not really the great way a great way to to build MRR, which I learned uh, because I just wanted to see that active install count grow. I wanted to see it grow to like you know, a super aspirational, like 60 or 70,000, um, which by the way, right now we're around 3000 in terms of the active installs, but there are plugins that have 5 million active installs that don't make any money. Right. So I went to, or I, I found myself a, a bunch of mentors and they shared with me some, some valuable insights on, what actually makes a software company worth running in the first place and how do you actually add value to the marketplace? And I should mention, by the way, that our dirt cheap pricing and, and the concept of doing volume rather than premium pricing uh, actually just ended up backfiring and we got almost like zero customers as a result of that. So lots, lots to unpack there. <laughs> so it sounds like in the beginning, um, you know, obviously earlier in your just career in general, but obviously also likely early in your product creating career, um, you're kind of figuring out as you go. And so you're thinking at the time, like volume is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to pack as much value into the free to get adoption up and then somehow parlay that into paying customers. And it sounded like along the way, you were not having success from the financial side. And then you said, well, look, I really want to focus on quality, not quantity. And I'm guessing in that quality, then kind of commanding, if you will, you know, higher prices for that which you're selling. Um, and real quickly before our next break, um, did you feel like you weren't able to invest in the free software you were providing because of the failures on the pro side? Well, so the, I mean, the problem begot problems since we weren't able to invest in marketing in order to spur adoption because we weren't selling anything. I mean, we had sales, they were, they were dismal and they were sub, there were sub five figures every single month, which is not necessarily enough to reinvest in staff, especially if, uh, yeah, if you're investing like here in North American staff, which charges upwards of like $60 an hour in a lot of cases. And I also had to pay myself. I live in Toronto. It's not exactly a cheap seat of the city to leave. So you're live kind in. of like, pardon for interrupting, but you're just kind of like boxed out when you don't have a healthy business model from reinvesting in your business, let alone your products, which obviously I can imagine that also caused you some pain. But I want to talk about to you more about the strategies of how you work through this, uh, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm speaking with Adrian Toby about building a plug-in business from zero to $25,000 in MRR. Adrian, you almost got us there to building the 25K before the break, talking about uh, some of the hard knocks you got along the way in managing your business. And we kind of ended there talking about uh, really how having an inferior business model in your plug-in business can lead to you basically not investing in the products you even have and, and let alone your business. Um, so as you kind of got into this journey to say, look, I'm going to focus on premium. I'm going to, that's where I'm going to deliver my value and I'm going to earn that, that share of wallet from these customers. How did you go about picking that right price? Like you talked about the wrong price. Uh, help, tell me how you went about picking the right price. Uh, so I have to give a shout out to Chris Badgett, Lift LMS, uh, who got me an invite to Cabo Press, which is Chris Leva's event. Uh, and I went there and I talked to a whole bunch of people and I, I shared with them the problem that I was having. It's like, here's my pricing. I give an incredible amount of value for like this really low cost, which, you know, I, it, my naivety suggested that that was something that people would find attractive. And every single person that I showed that to says that's too good to be true and the saying goes if that's too good to be true it probably is so even though it was true the perception from the customer and from a potential buyer was looking at that and said there's no way that i can replace something that i am spending five thousand dollars a year on for two hundred dollars a year like that's just not something that is a realistic and i'm setting the absolutely wrong expectation to customers saying that I can in fact do that because they're so used to spending in this industry and for software similar to mine, so much more than, than what I am re essentially requesting that they pay that there's the correlation just doesn't happen. So when I got back from that event, you know, I sat down and was like, all right, well, the only possible thing in order to overcome that is to just make it more expensive and to increase the price in order to increase the perceived value of this product that people are going to be able to say, okay, well, it doesn't cost 5,000. Maybe it costs like, you know, maybe a quarter of that, but still that is a feasible amount of money in order to get the value because of X, Y, and Z, like self-hosted on your WordPress site, whatever. You're kind of framing yourself out of the value conversation, meaning that because your price was so low, 
and their expectations of what something like that should cost to have to be quality, you're basically defining yourself as the cheapest, least uh, effective solution without even intending to um, just because their frame was different. How could I possibly get this much savings um, and this software be good? Exactly. That's exactly what was happening. And I didn't even realize it. it the conversation might be different or the perception might be different if I had something like a utility product. There's uh, in, in, in technology, there's two kinds of products. There's platforms and then there's utilities. Utilities can be subbed out relatively quickly. Uh, something like a Zap, for example, would be like, you know, you just set it up, but there's plenty of other integration companies now. So you just sub that out with whatever the cheapest option is and, you know, whatever gets you the fastest result. But platform products, on the other hand, like CRMs and something like WooCommerce or something like Lyft or LMS, like those are, are, are things that you build critical business systems processes on top of. And the perception is that someone cannot cheaply invest in that and get the result that they want. So if you're having a platform product, I will, at least my platform product was absolutely framed out of the conversation by, by not charging enough. It's interesting to hear you talk about this in the context of platform and utility products. I personally have not heard products classified in that way before. Um, did you develop that thinking on your own or is this something you picked up over time through those you've meant that, uh, that you've been through mentor relationships with or research or help me understand this. I'm, I'm sure it's something that I picked up along the way, although I'm not able to credit where, where I got that from, <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure it's some, I don't have a lot of original ideas. I just have lots of helpful people surrounding me. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, it seems to be that you're putting, piecing together the ideas quite well. I've often referred to this class of, as I think about them as plugins, it's like tier one and tier two. And I would refer to the tier one as a plugin you build a site around uh, versus a plugin you add to a site. But I kind of like your version a little better, Adrian. So, all right, next question. You started with uh, a lot of features in the free product. You had premium options, priced wrong. So you discover these errors in your strategy. Uh, you raise your price. Um, you maybe start to balance your pro features a little differently. Um, so you had an audience before, but you didn't have a really an audience that would buy. So when you made these changes, how did you go about finding an audience that would actually buy? So after, I, I think it's important to touch on how I made, how I made those changes. Uh, I ended up actually pulling a lot of features out of the free plugin. I gave users and I only had maybe 500 or so users at that point in time. So it's not like I had a, a huge fight ahead of me. Um, but I gave them ample notice, 30 days, and said, these are the changes that we're making in order to ensure that we create a sustainable business that's going to continue to be able to provide a valuable product to you. Uh, and these are the new prices, and I, I, made it, I made a big deal about it. So no one was upset. that I didn't make that change overnight with no warning. I think that's no important. No one was that upset. You, no one was upset. I think I got oh one. I, I, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say I got one email. Of, of, of someone who, who was upset, but everyone else, because I framed it in the way that I need to create a sustainable business that's going to be able to continue to provide value to you, uh, everyone across the board was, was, was fairly happy with that and actually ended up investing in a lot of cases. Uh, one of the promotions that I ran ahead of that was I essentially said, you know, here's the pricing that we have now. I'm going to change it, but if you want to lock in now, I will grandfather anyone who wants to buy at, at this price point. And that actually was uh, one of our greatest revenue months ever. Uh, I mean, we had something like $15,000, which is the most I had ever seen um, in one month. I know that's not, that that probably seems like penis to a lot of businesses out there. For, for me in year one, that was a big deal. Um, so that's, that's, that's how we made that transition. And then after that, 
how did I go about finding people who would invest in the new price? Uh, well, fortunately, I have lots of friends in the WordPress community now, and I've one of the one of my big kind of audience building strategies was just to go and invade other people's audiences. Although I say I say invade, but in most cases I was invited. Uh, for example, I, I, I've mentioned Chris Badger uh, uh, several times, and we have collaborated on on many a project, and and we regularly speak with each other and, and talk about strategies. And he uh, promotes me in his group, and I promote him. And there's a lot of cross promotion going on there. Michael Short from the WAS community, who you had on uh, a few, or who yeah, we had, who, uh, yeah. we had Chris on as well a few months back. Yeah, so so both of them have been have been great, uh, or have been sending people who are in need of a software like this because the competition gets quite expensive quite quickly. So it so, sounds like what you're doing here, at least in this part of your strategy, is you're targeting partners who have customers um, that could you both would benefit from you helping their customers uh, through what Groundhog does. Does that sound like a good summary of that strategy? Absolutely. That, that, that pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. And then from that, we've been able to build our content strategy and our organic search strategy. Like 30% of our site traffic just comes from search from people Googling WordPress CRM. Uh, and that, which is a very popular search term nowadays. And there's a few new players currently available. And, and we know that Jetpack bought zero BS CRM. So now they have Jetpack CRM. So there's a lot of movement in this segment, which has enabled kind of like other businesses are, are educating the market and that has uh, been causing an influx in just organic search and, and word of mouth traffic. And, and that's kind of how the strategy has been growing from there. Well, it sounds like you're able to leverage the skills you picked up early in your career around search marketing as well in your business. Um, I know that plugin authors and people that run plugin businesses kind of are hot and cold on things like search, paid search ads. Um, and I think really it's ultimately down to the attention they pay or don't pay <laughs> to those campaigns that, that governs their success. But obviously it sounds like you're, you're able to also leverage that. I really love the partner angle um, just because, you know, it provides an opportunity. I mean, a lot of these folks that are making tools for people to build sites with, uh, one of the key challenges, and I mean, we see this at WP Engine and we see this really across the ecosystem when, when people are starting that new site the first challenge they're really trying to overcome is to generate revenue. And marketing automation plays such a key part in that. Um, I think it's really clever for you to kind of group up with folks that are empowering people to build sites, but then need to solve that, you know, kind of fundamental problem, which is how do I, how do I accelerate the revenue here? I wanna dig a little bit more into your strategy, but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. 
You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm speaking to Adrian Toby of Groundhog about driving a plug-in business from zero to 25,000 in MRR. Toby, right before the break, you're explaining a little bit about your partner strategy for finding new customers uh, that would buy based on your new pricing model. You talked about leveraging search marketing. You also talked to me before the podcast, though, I kind of want to ask you about the support side, but relative to support and other costs um, that you know can have a lot of put a, a lot of pressure on a plug-in business. How did you keep costs low um, on the support and kind of other ancillary costs to you know providing this technology and service to your customers? So the vast majority of support happens within the first week of a purchase. So if you can get past that, you're you're pretty much okay. Uh, we are able to variously tell exactly how long a average support ticket takes, which is around uh, 25 minutes. So if you can, you know, get the cost of whoever's doing that support ticket, and in a lot of cases, it's still me. Uh, if you can get the cost down of that, then you're pretty much in the black. Uh, we've been able to create a profitable organization uh, as of I think March of this year. Our 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 this organization became profitable. So March of 2020, which was a really, really big, big win for us uh, based on using tools, uh, which are open source. I mean, we use WordPress and we use our own software to do all of our marketing and we use Amazon AWS SES, which is, again, incredibly inexpensive to to communicate with our customers. Uh, we use uh, scalable hosting. So, you know, you get what you pay for or, or you pay for what you use. Uh, so those kinds of investments, uh, I keep my team fairly lean. I have contractors and, and two people on salary. Um, and I've just, I've, I mean, I'm a boots on the ground CEO. I am a, I am a technical as well as kind of like a, a visionary founder. I embody both of those skill sets. So the original product I built entirely by myself and in, in two months. So being one of the, being someone who can, uh, essentially build and market and communicate and fulfill a lot of the hats in the early days allowed us to save a lot of money. Um, and then continuing uh, into the next year, run a profitable organization. So I heard you talk about kind of your uh, employee experience, HR hiring practices and, and helping keep costs low. That makes sense. I heard you talk about the systems you use to provide support. How do you keep support costs relative to how you improve your product? Uh, well, if uh, you see something, 
recurringly happening in the support queue, uh, chances are that the user experience uh, which is creating those support tickets is subpar. <laughs> so we can you identify in your support queue common questions or recurring questions that happen. And some of those are like unavoidable. Like my emails won't send out. Well, do you have an SMTP service? No. Well, you probably need one. So how can we overcome that? Well, we introduce the requirement to have an SMTP service in the guided setup. It's like choose which one you want and install it. Uh, that is a way that we overcome that particular support question because we're educating the person as they're setting up rather than them getting to a point where something's not working and they don't know why. So it's a mix of educating the, the, the consumer or the implementer as they're going through that setup process. And we can identify what those questions are through the common ones that we get in the support queue. I love that. Such a bread and butter tip and, you know, something that's so obvious, but a lot of people do overlook. I love how you've come full circle because you got the idea for Groundhog from your to-do list, from people you were helping with their websites, uh, the tickets, if you would, to help them solve problems. And then you get your feature ideas from the users of Groundhog on what's, uh, you know, causing them friction in your support queues. I love that. I'll, I'll tell you, Adrian, we do the exact same thing at WP Engine. We stack rank those support tickets, see what's in there, and see what we can add in terms of automation. Last question for you, if you could only share one piece of advice to someone starting or growing a plugin business, what would it be? Out of everything you've talked about or otherwise, you only get one thing to tell them. What should they remember? Get it launched. Uh, whatever, whatever you have now, if it's even remotely usable, just get it out there and get some market validation. I remember when I released Groundhog on the WordPress directory, it was, it was, it worked, <laughs> but it, but it's not nearly as refined as it is today. And I look back and I, and I see some of the things that I did and I can only just think to myself, you know, what was I thinking? But here I am, uh, almost two and a half years later. And we have a, a fairly good business going that is being able to support my lifestyle and the lifestyle of my employees and my team, uh, as well as enable the lifestyle of all 3000 businesses around the world. Uh, and it just, it had to start somewhere and we just had to get something out because, you know, sooner rather than later, that market opportunity is going to dry up. Like WordPress won't be around forever. And I know that. And I think everybody in the, this community knows that. It might, it might take well, 100 it's, it's years. on but. the path to 50% of the web soon. So hopefully we'll see that in the next couple of years. It 2025 was it, the prediction, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. It was uh, recently uh, overtook hand-coded sites as the dominant form of site on Earth. So we took a little time, but it sounds like at the high level, like it's, it's you know, get it launched. Um, get it out there. Get that feedback. Start iterating on it. That will never start until you begin. So I think it's a sage piece of advice to end on. Thank you so much for all this, Adrian. I really appreciate the opportunity to share. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Adrian is up to, you can visit Groundhog with 2Gs.io. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press Bits. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.